Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 290 of Potato Thumbs Podcast. That beautiful track that you just heard was Spectrum of Luminance, and that is because we have PK back on the show. That is right. We are going to get down and dirty on some music today, and we are excited. Um, You know, more, I, I guess not more importantly, but it is important to note that Admiral Nips actually made it this time. He did not have an emergency surgery Congrats on that. I'm I'm proud of you. Big moral victory for me to not miss the Saturday <laughs> show due to you really, major you surgery. Really, <laughs> you really did a great job, man. Bravo. Way to way to not have major surgery today. I'm 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 very happy. Oh, uh, you and me both. Glad to be here. <laughs> and then of course we have PK back. PK, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic, and I'm really excited to be back here and actually talk to you as well, Admiral, uh, without the unfortunate appendix uh, circumstances. That whole uh, day, I was in the ER, right? And we were chatting before the show started, and then I kept like looking and seeing that you guys were still in the live channel, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a super long episode. It means it's going really well, meaning I'm missing out on awesomeness. And then, <laughs> thankfully, I was able to like listen to it from the hospital bed a couple of days later, and I was like, yep, it was awesome. You guys did a great job with it. So made it all the more excited when Derek said you were coming back so that we could you know, talk some more music because I really enjoyed listening. So now I get the sneak preview before everyone else gets to listen to it because I'm actually on the show. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so this, this track that we just started the show with the spectrum of luminance, um, that is something that you released in January. You want to yes. give me a little rundown on, on what that's all about. So, uh, I, up until that point had tried making some original things, but like nothing original that I ever made was even close to being finished, let alone released to the public. Um, and one day when I came home from visiting my partner in the holidays, I just sat down and I was like, I want to start making something every month. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be a simple piano cover, if anything. I can do that in a day and that's it. But I want to start making some consistent things. So I just sat down at my piano and I started improving a little bit. And the interesting thing about how Bungie does their trailers is at the end of the trailer you always hear a little melody and that melody is mm-hmm. usually the main melody of the expansion that that trailer is for so uh we already know what the main melody for lightfall is going to be uh and i was like what if i tried to turn that one melody into a full piece of music so I tried improving with it a little bit. Initially, my plans was to make an orbit track uh, with it, but then I realized that the the things that I was playing actually sounded a lot closer to some of the tower tracks that were done by Michael Salvatore for Beyond Light and Witch Queen. So I was like, okay, well, I'll I'll give that a shot. So I sat down uh, and recorded uh, uh, just a piano only thing at first. Uh, But then me having no idea how to make orchestral things and never having, like, finished something like that before, uh, I called up my friend Owen, uh, who is way better at any of that, and he (laughs) kind of, like, guided me through the process of, like, how you can uh, make it sound a lot more full, add 
uh, a bunch of extra instruments. Um, and then I actually used, for the percussion, uh, I used a uh, the same uh, percussion samples that the actual Bungie composers used for some of the Beyond Light and Witch Queen music um, to make it sound even more Destiny-like. Uh, and then, yeah, at the end of that, Spectrum of Luminance is what came out, and that's the first ever original thing that I have contributed to and, and released to people. Yeah, it's it's definitely... I, I, I like it a lot, and it definitely has that Destiny vibe to it. Like, you, you definitely nailed that, for sure. So I guess Thank my million-dollar question is, what's the difference between an Orbit track and a Tower track? Like, if you asked me, like, to explain, <laughs> you know, Orbit oh, music God. versus Tower music, I would be able to tell you what they were, because I've sat a fair amount of time in both places in my life, but how, you know, somebody who's got a better ear for music than I uh, differentiates the two and decides to call, you know, Tower versus Orbit. Because it definitely <laughs> has the Destiny vibe, but I wouldn't know, in my mind, how to differentiate any further than that. It's definitely a feeling more than an actual definition, I'll be honest with you. Uh, fun little fact about... Uh, the Witch Queen main tower track, which is called Him. Uh, when the soundtrack first came out, and I listened to it together with Owen, Promethean, and Breshi, we always like try to do predictions on where these tracks will play. And for him, all of us said, oh yeah, this is the main orbit track. Got it. That's absolutely 100% main orbit. And then we turn on the game, and it's not, because it's a tower <laughs> track. Um... <laughs> But that's definitely an outlier. Uh, most of the times, um, Orbit tracks are a bit more ambient sounding, in a way. Because, yeah. um, you know, the difference is, in Orbit, you are in space, in your spaceship, and in the tower, you're actually grounded on Earth. Uh, so I guess, amb yeah, ambient sounding is probably the correct word, but there are definitely some tracks that could have easily been both Orbit or Tower. There's... I, I, I don't know if I could make a like a, a proper uh, rule book that defines an Orbit or a Tower track. Uh, but what I can do is, at least for Spectrum of Luminance, um, I decided... When I decided, okay, this was going to be a Tower track, not an Orbit track, I specifically used percussion that Michael Salvatore has used in Tower music before. Um, if you listen to Spectrum of Luminance next to Questioning the Light from the Witch Queen, and you listen to that percussion, you are instantly going to hear that similarity, because it's heavily, like, it heavily draws from that. So, uh, that's kind of how I tried emulating it, but I wouldn't say there's a clear definition to the two of them. Cool. Thank you. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. So before I forget, and before we get too far down a rabbit hole, we are going with these questions because Mark was nice enough to ask some questions for us this week, and I do not want to forget them, and I know I will if I don't jump into them. So uh, let's let's hit up the Discord questions. Um, so you kind of answered this a little bit, but we're going to ask anyways. Marky Mark asks, do you have any singles on Spotify? Yes. Uh... All of the music that I have released since late 2021 is available 
on Spotify as well. Uh, I usually upload it to my YouTube channel, and then the Spotify release goes live day in with that YouTube video. Sometimes it's a little later, but uh, all of the music that I am still proud of today is on Spotify. Some of the older stuff is not, but you don't you don't need to listen to that. <laughs> it, it, you know, and that is important to point out is is you you dive into more than just music. Like your last time we we chatted, you talked about that piano piece that you did with with yes. the visuals from all the different screens in Destiny and it's really cool. Like it's definitely worth people's time to not only check out the music, but but go to YouTube and check out the videos too because there's some really cool Destiny content in those videos and you can tell that you've spent a lot of time in it. And it's it's cool too because that that one piano track that you have, um, you know, you're labeling like all the different like years of destiny and expansions, and it's a really awesome trip down memory lane for those of us who have who played the game for years, you know. And you're giving me such a nice segue to uh, into the fact that I am currently in the process of editing another one of those piano mashups. Uh, so the previous one that I did, Everlooming Darkness, ended at Beyond Light. Beyond Light music is still in there, but it was released in 2021. That was the most recent expansion at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year I decided, well, the Witch Queen year is almost over. I want to make something to commemorate and celebrate the year of the Witch Queen before we move on to Lightfall. So I decided, what if I make another one of those piano mashups with Witch Queen music specifically. And the video, like you mentioned, is recorded in a very similar way uh, with showing the exact places where those pieces of music play in-game, uh, shot in a very cinematic way and edited in a very cinematic way. Uh, so it's also like a, a trip down memory lane for for everyone who played Destiny this year. And there's even some... Hints of like the the seasonal stories that happened uh, this year in there. So it's kind of not just the Witch Queen alone, but the year as a whole. And that's that's coming out Wednesday on the fifteenth. Oh, that's pretty cool. awesome. That it's is coming super up quick, cool. but it basically means I have at least a fair amount of my daily listening done for Wednesday's workday. <laughs> <laughs> the um. <clears throat> It was cool, too, because you can tell like it's not just it's not just like in-game footage like you really went all out on on making it look cool. Um, And you could also tell like the differences between because you had some D1 shots in there, too, didn't you? Yes. Yes. And and, like you could tell the like graph, the the difference in graphics between Mm -hmm. like the D1 and D2 like was pretty pretty uh interesting but also really cool to see like some of those old old um environment and the 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 cooler thing now even is if you look back at that video uh for example some of the music from the king's fall raid is in that mashup and back then the king's fall raid wasn't remastered yet so we used d1 footage for that yeah and (laughs) if you just look back at that now like we've we've all been staring at king's fall and destiny 2 for the past half a year and it's it's so different when when you look back at that. It's really cool. That is cool. I'll have to go back and, and revisit that just to just to see like the differences because you're right. Like I didn't even think about that, but I've run King's Fall now enough in D two that I probably would catch on to some of that. Awesome. So I'm really excited you, for that video. 
Yeah. You say you're editing. Is that the, uh, you're editing the, the shots now or still working on the music yes. touching up too? No, the music is done. The music has already been submitted to Spotify because that usually takes about a week to process. And uh, I want to make sure that it's live the exact moment that the video is. Mm. Uh, so the music's done. Uh, the footage recording is done. In fact, most of the editing is done. All that I'm doing now is like finishing touches. Uh, I basically finished the shot composition today and tomorrow I'm going to have another look at it, make sure that everything's good. And then like add all the text of which track it is, who it was composed by, where it plays and that kind of stuff. Because uh, one of the most important things that the Destiny community needs to learn is that not all pieces of music in this game are composed by Michael Salvatore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's always so funny whenever a new soundtrack releases and everyone online is praising Michael Salvatore uh, for like Deep Stone Lullaby uh, whenever that came out, even though Deep Stone Lullaby is done by Michael Seacrest, which is another one of Bungie's composers. So I find it very important that when I make one of these mashups, I clearly put in there which composers worked on which track. So if you have a favorite and you watch that mashup, you now know who that was made by. And if you want to go back into older Destiny soundtracks, you can find that composer and see if there's more stuff of, of that person that you like a lot. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And that's helpful for people like me. Also, <laughs> giant hat tip, uh, working on it multiple days in advance knowing uh us we'd probably be on tuesday night trying to get all of it done on one fell swoop <laughs> <laughs> yeah i you know i i appreciate that though like i when i used to do music um it's good to walk away and give it like 12 or 24 hours and then and then yep. go back and and re-listen or review or whatever you're doing on your edit because you catch things and you see things differently. Like if you get too involved in your project, you know, whatever you are editing, whether it's video or music, um, you just like, you know it, but, but different things pop out and it's, it is good to like, kind of give yourself that time and to like, kind of just go back and fine tune. Um, yeah. and then there's also that thin line of like fine tuning forever. So like you have to kind of walk the line of, okay, I could keep tweaking this, but I should probably just push out my product. Exactly, yeah. I I made the mistake initially when I started making music of whenever I felt happy with something that I was making in the moment, I would instantly push it to release. I would instantly start making the video. And then the next day when the video goes up and I listen to it again, I'm like, ah, I should have <laughs> given this some extra time. Uh, so ever since then, like whenever I... Uh, think I finished a piece of music, I, I shelve it, put it aside for the rest of the day, go to sleep, next day I wake up, listen to it again, do one more final check over everything, make any changes that I think I need to make. Uh, but yeah, like you said, you can do that forever. Especially <laughs> as a musician, you will always find a single thing the day after that you don't like, and then the day after it, you look back at it, and you're like, well, wait, wait, why did I tweak that? It was fine. It was fine two days ago. And you just keep going back and forth and back and forth. And at, at that point, uh, a quote that I really like is uh, something that you make. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be. Because if it isn't, no one's going to hear it. Nothing's going to happen. It's not going to do anything until you, you know, send it out into the world for someone to listen to. 
And sure, someone might criticize that one thing that you would have changed if you just gave it one extra day, but as long as you're happy with how it is in the moment and you can put that fear aside, then then you're all good. And that's why I like set release dates for uh, my videos about like a week or two in advance, even if it isn't done yet, because it motivates me to actually finish it because I don't <laughs> like disappointing people with like pushing a release date back. Yeah. Um, and even now, like I submitted the music to Spotify before I started working on editing the video. Uh, so I put myself on a week-long timer uh, for editing the video. All the shots were already recorded in the game, but I hadn't started on editing them yet. And that also like kind of tells me, okay, I have five, six days to make this video the best I can make it, but at the end of that, I gotta put it down, render it, export it, finish it, and then that's it. Because otherwise I... Uh, yeah, I won't get anywhere. And I'm lucky that this is a Witch Queen mashup. It would be kind of weird if I released this, like, a week after Lightfall. Uh, so that I also have, like, that artificial deadline of making sure that this is out in a time where it is relevant instead of, you know, a new expansion has just come out, an entire new soundtrack is available, no one's worried about the Witch Queen anymore, everyone's playing Lightfall, <laughs> and then suddenly here's a Witch Queen mashup that no one really asked for at that point. <laughs> that that makes sense. Deadline deadlines are good. I I I appreciate that that thought process because I I do think it is good to have like a like a goal on when you want to get something out because it does push you. So that's it's good. That's a good uh good process. I, I, saw, a, uh, I saw a tweet from you around the New Year saying you wanted to release a piece of music every month of uh, 2023 and. Uh, obviously, so far you're nailing it. Um, yep. How you feeling about <laughs> I'm on track. the rest of the year? I mean, with uh, mm. with life all coming out, I mean, I assume that we gave you a whole bunch of new stuff to uh, yes work on the, the creative juices and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna do again what I've been doing the past two years. Uh, they always release the soundtrack 24 hours before the actual expansion, so you get to listen to it a day early. And what I did for both Beyond Light and The Witch Queen is I made a remix or a cover of a piece of the soundtrack within those 24 hours. So before the game actually goes live, I make something with it. I have no idea like what the in-game context is, where it plays. And then it's really funny to, to push that out and then a week or two later look back at where that piece actually plays. Mm -hmm. um, and suddenly like you think of it completely differently. I had that I had that with Deepstone Lullaby. I remixed that before Beyond Light came out, having no idea how like massively beloved that track would become in the community after hearing it in the Deepstone Crypt raid. Um and the best part is like if you look at the 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 viewer graph on YouTube as well, like the moment that the raid went live the amount of viewers that were watching every day like tripled immediately <laughs> because everyone was searching for Deep Stone Lullaby on YouTube to listen to it. Uh, cool. So it's always really fun to to like mess around with the soundtrack when you've only like had a single chance of listening to it. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, that's, that's cool. coming right up at the end of the month. Yeah, right on the twenty twenty eighth. So I'll have two videos this month. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, knocking can, it out. I can skip March. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we got another one from Marky Mark. He says, uh, when creating music, is there a goal in mind, such as invoking a certain emotion from the listeners? Um, uh, it's... I guess, I guess, I guess, sorry, I guess I should just read both parts because the second part kind of, kind of ties in. So it's the second part saying, or are you just trying to express yourself through the music? So are you trying to invoke emotions from the listener or are you trying to express yourself more? I'd say those two things go hand in hand. Um, because if you express yourself and you put your own emotions into a piece of music, there's a very high chance that whoever is listening to it will feel that or a version of that emotion in their listening experience. Um, but I do definitely try to make people feel something. And it doesn't matter what that feeling is. Like, uh, to quote the band uh, AJR, they said... If somebody hates our music, we still accomplish our goal because at least it made them feel something. It made them feel hate, <laughs> but at least they felt something. Yeah. And that and that's kind of like obviously I don't want people to hate my music. I try my best that people don't. <laughs> but I do try my best to get people to feel a thing. And it doesn't matter if that's happiness, if that's sadness, nostalgia, uh, obviously the Witch Queen mashup video that I've been working on heavily plays on like your memories and your nostalgia of, of the Witch Queen campaign and the raid, doing that for the first time. Um, and there are some emotional moments in there. You guys may remember uh, Season of the Haunted being a pretty heavy season this year in terms of its topics. Uh... So I, I will be honest, I have tried to put the video together in such a way that it's going to make a few people shed some tears, but I feel like that's the beauty of it as well. So, yeah, no, I definitely do try to make people feel emotions, but the main way that I do that is also through self-expression. So it, yep. it goes nicely hand in hand. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited for that. I... Brief talk to uh, actual Destiny uh, because of the uh, red border weapons being like a daily uh, thing now. I've been grinding for the uh, Season of the Haunted, uh, whatever the Umbral Energy is. So I mm -hmm. ran my character that I never ran through the Witch Queen or through the Season of the Haunted storyline through it again. And it's like, yep, no, that storyline is still pretty deep. You forget about it after Season of Plunder and Season of uh, whatever this one is, Seraph. The Seraph. Yeah, which are just a little bit lighter, how deep that one season was. So I'm excited to see how the music flows with that. Because it's fresh in my mind again. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, thank you, Marky Mark, for those questions. We always appreciate it when the listeners chime in and, and give us stuff to talk about. So that was very relevant to the show. Um, so... The 15th is when you're dropping this, and then you think you're going to do a remix when when the, the new stuff drops. Are you still, like, I mean, you made a joke about not dropping anything in March, but do you think you're still <laughs> going to go for another remix or something something of your own in March? Um, do, do you have plans for that yet? Um, obviously, it's 
difficult to make plans at the moment because whatever video I would be releasing in March will likely be inspired by the Lightfall soundtrack, which I don't mm, have yeah. yet. Um, I do plan on making something in March, but it'll probably be like not a very complicated one. I think a piano cover would be would be pretty pretty nice for that uh, because obviously up until March 10th and March 11th. Uh, I will be full focusing on prepping for the raid and then doing the actual day one raid. I won't be working on music during that time. Uh, so that only leaves me like with a little over half the month left to actually make something. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm going to try my best. I don't plan on taking a break during March. Uh, but yeah, if it, if, it, if it has to happen, it has to happen. And then I'll make something cool again in April. We cool. also, you know... Talking about a very busy February, uh, you also mentioned before the show that you had a group project uh, get announced oh. a day. Yep. Yeah. The So Geomantic Revelations is a multi-genre collaboration album with a bunch of musicians in this community um, that tries to like go back to Destiny's original vision all the way back in like before Destiny 1 even came out. We heavily try to like play on that. So... There's a lot of references to, for example, Music of the Spheres, which was the uh, like prologue, the musical prologue in a way that was made by Michael Salvatore and Martin O'Donnell. Uh, like before we really saw anything from Destiny, they made that whole music album to like inspire them, inspire the team. Um, and a lot of a lot of the Geomantic Revelations album is based on that. And yeah, we dropped a, a preview for that earlier. Uh, today, actually, at the time of recording. Um, we don't have a planned release date for that yet, because it involves a lot of people, and schedules very often don't match up, and it could just straight up take, like, two months of waiting to be able to finish one of the tracks on it. Um, <laughs> like, this album, uh, as far as I'm aware, some of the earliest tracks on this album were concepted, like, at least three years ago. Uh, and they've oh. just been... Uh, some of them have just been, like, sitting around uh, and not ma not any progress was made on them until recently. Some of them have been finished for, like, a year and a half now. Um, I finished my contribution to the album around a few months ago. I might still have to do a few things on it, but my stuff should mostly be done. Uh, which is, but that's why we're not giving a date for it because we we don't know the date as much as anyone else does. <laughs> Do you? Uh, so you said it was previewed. Where could people check out that preview? Oh, uh, the preview was uploaded to Owen Spence's YouTube channel, and I think also to Mblind's YouTube channel. They're kind of like the two people in in charge of the of the entire project. They've they've set it up. They've they've reached out to all of us, uh, and they kind of oversee it. Um, okay. So they they've uploaded it. Uh, you can also find it in the show notes? Question mark. <laughs> sure, maybe. Yeah, yeah. If you if you toss a link in, um, I got it right now. So okay, yeah, cool. yeah, perfect. We'll we'll throw that in there too, so you guys can check out the show notes, and we'll obviously we'll have um, PK's Spotify and YouTube in there as well. Oh yeah, yep. so you'll be able to find all this stuff. Yep. there's a lot of it and it is fantastic it is it really is i i think i told you but that that piano piece um 
we were having people over. Why were they coming over to our house? I don't remember, but a bunch of my family was coming over to my house and we were kind of waiting for them to show up. And uh, I just, you know, oftentimes we'll play like lo-fi or something else in the background. And um, my kids were just hanging out in the living room and they wanted to watch TV. And I'm like, nah, we're not going to watch TV. I'm like, but I'm going to put on this piano piece on YouTube and we can watch that instead. So they sat down and watched that while we were waiting for people to show up. And uh, they're like totally, totally invested in it. So um, that's kind of kind of cool. Yeah, that's really cool (laughs) to check that stuff out. Yeah. Anyways. Um, awesome. Good stuff. So, um, we have those projects. You know, you did, uh, you did bring along your music with you today for the show as well. Uh, do we want to like get, get into a little bit of that? Um, Sure. So obviously that Witch Queen piano mashup that I that I talked about is is releasing next Wednesday. Um and I thought that it'd be fun if I maybe played a little preview of it. Now granted the full mashup is 18 minutes long. Uh I am able to perform it live. because uh, that's I design and make these mashups so that I can perform them live in front of people because I just think that's really cool. Uh, but I'm not going to play the whole thing because I don't want to spoil everything. (laughs) Um, uh, but the question is, which segment do I pick? Uh, I can't just play like one track that is in the mashup and like pick one of my favorites, or I can pick a segment that has a few shorter tracks and then some of the transitions between it. Uh, let me think. I think dealer's choice for sure. Like, yeah, uh, no matter what, it's it's going to be great. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited to listen. So whatever you're you want to you're willing to share with us feels amazing to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Like ahead of ahead of the actual release, like it's uh, whatever mm-hmm. you feel comfortable sharing is is totally cool. Um, in that case. I think I will go for a segment that covers uh, two tracks. It covers Hidden Truth, which is currently the main orbit track uh, for the Witch Queen. Uh, most of the times when you go to orbit, that'll be the first thing you hear. It's either that or The Witness. And then that will flow uh, nicely into uh, Queen's Deception, which is one of the... Uh, Throne World Patrol tracks, and it also plays in uh, the penultimate Witch Queen mission. So uh, you might remember those tracks from there. Uh, and I think it can also play in the Wellspring, actually, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll play that. It's probably going to be about four or five minutes long, so uh, kick back, relax, and I, I hope that I can play this flawlessly. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'll be completely honest, as much as I said that I was going to play a preview here, I did not really prepare. <laughs> so, uh, but it should be all right. It should be all good. I'm sure it'll be, it'll be awesome. <laughs> all right.
Well, there you go. Bravo. That was awesome. That was Thank you. fantastic. What a treat. Oh, that is like, it, it like easily my favorite. Just, the stuff too. that second song is one of my favorite when wandering around in the witch queen and the patrol. It is my favorite witch queen track too, uh, by a mile as well. Michael Seacrest absolutely killed it on the witch queen soundtrack. As soon as you hit it there, I, I can felt the big smile come across my face. <laughs> as soon as I heard it, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> it's so, it's so cool too to like, just hear someone just, like just to throw that out there like it just i don't know that was awesome it was really really cool i definitely enjoyed it thank you thank you for sharing yeah 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 the your uh like the fingers on those keys man just like just flow like it was just so <laughs> smooth and like just oh i love it queen's deception is is so fun uh to play too because the the cool part about queen's deception is like the whole track has uh, those notes under it. Like, it, the entire track has this section under it. That melody is throughout the entire piece, right? Um, and it, it just, that playing, that just flows so nicely. Yeah. And once, like, once I got that in my muscle memory, uh, th- that's one of like my go-to tracks to play whenever my hands just need to do something. <laughs> I, I very often pick that one. <laughs> well, it's cool too, because like last time you were on, you kind of like you, you educated us on just like the different audio cues for bosses and just how mm-hmm. they flow things together and, it, and how it's like kind of seamless. And it's, you know, I don't, I don't know if you saw all this feedback, but so many people were, um, talking to to us about like going in and 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 like hearing the boss like audio cues come in when it's time to do DPS and stuff like that, and so it's it is cool like when you break down that you know just like stuff like that where it's you know that's in the background and it kind of is the glue that allows different pieces to flow together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm really glad that that like inspired people to to go into the game and actually like pay a lot closer attention to like the music and what the music does because it's still like one of the most advanced dynamic music systems that you can find in any video game today and it's so cool like once you understand it and once you can hear how it works like that alone is already a fantastic experience. Like, I don't even need the gameplay at that point. That's cool enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I was just thinking back, like, you're talking about, like, day one raid stuff where where people are trying to figure out mechanics, and you're like, do you guys hear that? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I have annoyed my day one team plenty (laughs) with, uh, Um, with music talk. They were lucky that the most recent raid was King's Fall, uh, and, like, they didn't change any of the music cues in that raid uh, from back in Destiny 1, so, like, I didn't really comment on them because, you know, they've, they've been like that for how long? Five, six years? Yeah, uh, yeah. But no, when that new Lightfall raid's coming out, I'm gonna have to, like, uh, mute myself whenever I uh, try to make a comment about the music that isn't helping the team. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be really interesting to see if the the theme of the music is kind of different as well with the 
you know, like this new city and, and like new technology and like the art style is very like bright and neon-y, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of have that like futuristic 80s vibe to it. So well, they have yeah. been releasing a bunch of videos recently showing the new stuff. And you said that at the end of a lot of their trailer videos, they sort of have uh, music from the next uh, expansion in there. So yes. have you heard in, uh, in the new videos, new stuff and sort of have a general vibe on what the music is going to be like for the next season? Um, like, has that been given away yet by these trailers or not really? Well, I can tell you one thing, the music that you hear in trailers, apart from like that small melody at the very end, is not Destiny music. Very often it's not even made by the composers at Bungie. It's made by an artist or a company that specifically makes music for trailers. Mm, um, it. That makes sense. So, uh, for example, the, the Game Awards trailer that released in early December used a remix of uh, the song Used to the Darkness by Des Rocks. Uh, which obviously very fitting for Lightfall, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Bungie usually doesn't make their own trailer music. Very, very occasionally they do, but or like they add some things to it. Uh, you can hear in like the the Lightfall reveal trailer that was probably made by Bungie themselves because they they actually reference some Destiny melodies in that music. Um. But outside of that, uh, there's only one 20-second clip of Lightfall music that you can hear at the moment, and it's extremely obscure, because the only place where you can hear it is if you go to the Bungie store, and then go to the Collector's Edition, there's like a 20-second unlisted promotional video for like the, the fish, the, the statue that you get with the yeah. Collector's Edition. That is very likely some Neo Muna Patrol music. And oh. it is indeed like very synth wavy. Um, I guess if if I have to compare it to something that already exists in Destiny, what I would compare it to is the Whisper of the Worm music. Uh, to people who played that, you might remember whenever you entered that massive open green room, as people called it, and you had to like scale up the walls or take the shortcut that skipped the entire room. Uh, the piece of music that played there. I would probably suspect Lightfall's music to have some similar style to that. But then again, it is a Cabal release. It, it is about Callus. Uh, and Cabal music has very distinct um, very distinct vibes as well. Like, it's always the marching drums, the loud horns. The horn, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also, you know, Callus has his own theme. Uh, in the Leviathan raid, the final boss music for that raid is a lot more like regal in a way compared to the usual Cabal music. But the interesting part about that track was halfway through when like Callus's parts started flying off and you could see that what you were fighting was just a robot. Like the music got a lot more uh, synthy and there were, I think, some guitars added too and like that. Those that orchestral and regal element was taken away and was replaced with like a very robotic, uh, very robotic elements instead. So I'm kind of expecting some references to that as well, because mm. it'd be weird if they brought Callus back, especially if we inevitably fight him at some point. Uh, 
I, I I would be surprised if there were no references to that music either. So there can still be a lot of variety in in Lightfall, and especially with like the raid. Who knows where the raid is going to be? It could be on Neo Muna. I've seen some people speculating it can be inside the Traveler. Uh, I've heard some people speculating that uh, like either Kalos is the raid boss or Nezarak is the raid boss, which would be completely different. It could take place in the Vex network, for all we know. So there's a lot of different uh, places that the Lightfall soundtrack can still go, and I still think that even though we are going to Neo Muna, which is like a cyberpunk type of city, uh, that the music is still going to cover a whole bunch of genres, and that uh, if the the cyberpunk music isn't really your style, I'm sure that there will be something on there that you'll still like. Yeah, typically, like in Bungie fashion, the bad guys that we see in the trailer for the big release are not the raid bosses, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. You know, we didn't see we didn't see the vow of the disciple boss at all. Like we saw a couple screenshots of running through the raid, but. You know, with them showing the witness and them showing Callus, like I really feel like that's going to be more story, mm-hmm. and and the uh, the raid is going to be something that we, you know, it's always a boss from left field, right? Um, yeah, I forget. Did they release the actual name of the raid yet? They haven't. All that they have released of the raid is like a little flavor text description on the website, and it reads something along the lines of this is not a direct quote. Um, ferried from an unknown time and place, um, a haunting presence has been detected and is now uh, threatening us at our doorstep. Something along Hmm. those lines. And my running theory uh, for that is that the raid boss will indeed be Nezarak. uh, For a couple reasons. First of all, obviously, if you've been following along in Haunted and in Plunder... The witness itself has been trying to like secure the remains of Nezarak, uh, mainly with like the relics and plunder, uh, which yeah. it failed because we secured them instead. Uh, but you can see, like, in the <laughs> you can see in the Lightfall trailers, like there's some Vex network stuff there, and the Cabal are infiltrating that Vex network, and you can see in the distance that it's like kind of falling apart. So my hmm. theory is that in some way, shape, or form, they are going to try to bring Nezarak back from the dead from back before the collapse, because Nezarak was one of the uh, main people involved that actually caused the first collapse. So I think even from a storytelling yeah. perspective, if they want to make the collapse happen again, and they like want to put us in the shoes of what it was like back then, because a lot of people have always said, oh, why can't we see what it was like during the collapse? bringing back Nezarak would be a great way of doing that. Uh, so I think that the Cabal are going to try something like that uh, throughout the story, and then maybe like once we kill Kallus, or end Kallus, or whatever happens with Kallus, um, that plan will suddenly be revealed, and that sets in motion the events of the raid. Right? Well, they're going to try yeah. to pull, a, pull what we did with uh, Saint-14, is what you're going for here. Yeah, Go back yeah. In time and change history. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I, I think, I think that's what they'll be trying. Yeah, with Nezarak though, like, because he was like a disciple, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't there also hints that like Savathun and Nezarak, like, did good after they did bad. You know, um, like what? Like, didn't he? Did he like? 
he was like really evil, but then like then like maybe potentially helped humanity not die. Or as I, far I'm as like, I'm aware, Nezarak did betray the witness after yeah. the collapse. Uh, but that's why I'm saying like if they brought back Nezarak from right before the collapse and yeah, made him cause it again, that would that would work. I just I personally can't understand why Bungie has put such a focus on Nezarak over the past year and then not do anything with it. Right, right. And then just make him into a cup of tea, especially like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, in season of the plunder, like everyone's like, OK, well, we see the story that you're setting up, like we're going to get all these pieces of Nezarak. We're going to put them on the helm and it's a pirate theme. So they're just going to like jack the helm and take the pieces. And then, you know, Lightfall is happening. And Bunty's like, ha nope, no, we're just going to make tea. so i agree with you i think i think that like where they left that story doesn't doesn't completely make sense so it would make sense that it it's going to pull into something else and bungie bungie kind of has a history of like having stories continue like a season or two after the setup you know like like that so that would i mean it would kind of go along their timeline too so it would be it would be interesting to see for sure and also, Nazarak is just a character that, obviously, it's a big name. Uh, most people, forever, right? It's been around yeah. for an incredibly long time. Uh, but it would not waste any of the like big characters that we still have left. Like, I don't think it'll be a Zivu or Athraid, or especially not the Witness. Like, if we ever fight the Witness, it would be in the final shape. It probably wouldn't be now. Yeah, um, I wonder, are they really going to drag that out? I mean, I think so, yeah. Ago, how long ago did we see the pyramids? Like, when did they first appear? Was that like um, that with Callus? Was that when you we beat, saw beat the, the pyramid? Yeah, the original Destiny 2 vanilla campaign, the Red War campaign, had a post credit scene where like the traveler awakened and that blast of light that blasted all throughout the solar system and beyond awakened yeah, the pyramids right. as well that's right. yeah you're right and that's then we right. didn't that's see him we, we didn't see him for two years after that until shadow keep when we obviously had the pyramid on the moon and that's where like the actual whole darkness story properly kicked off and then we had beyond light with the pyramid on europa and like arrivals with pyramids arriving everywhere and like taking some planets away yep. um I I do think there's probably still a lot of things that they can do depending on the outcome of Lightfall. Like, you have to think, Lightfall was originally going to be the end of the Light and Dark Saga until uh, shortly after uh, Beyond Light, they realized, hang on a minute, we can't tell this story in one expansion. So they split Lightfall up into Lightfall and the Final Shape. So they probably have a lot of things that they still want to get through, and I think... If we have to compare it to something, Lightfall is going to be the Avengers Infinity War, and then Final Shape is going to be the Avengers Endgame, if I'd have to... Oh, uh, okay. If I'd have I to guess, like, yeah. put, put uh, a description to it. That would, that would make the most sense. Yeah. So from a non-lore perspective, we haven't talked about this uh, lately, and I know, PK, you're... Big into the endgame stuff, day one raider. You last time mm-hmm. you were on the show, you had gotten the entire seal for the uh, dungeon the day it came out. Um, <laughs> in like yeah, in like less than less than two days, twenty hours. Um, yeah. 
Uh, feelings about them extending contest mode to 48 hours. Oh, the controversial it, topic. It's a, it's obviously, a hot one, it's a, uh, yep. I think, I think it's great. Probably, for me, like, I don't think there's any wrong way to go about it as long as you're polite about, you know, how you feel. Oh, yeah. And like, which obviously, when you're looking at Destiny Twitter, can be a little bit difficult sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, absolutely. I'm just, I'm just interested to see what you guys think about it. What y'all think? Okay. Well, obviously, I understand both sides of the story. For the people that are a lot more casual about it and maybe don't want to stay up for 24 hours straight, or maybe they they have some other stuff to attend to, it's fantastic that like the day one is accessible to a lot more people now, or the contest mode is accessible to a lot more people now, uh, because you can take your time. Maybe if you can't make the Friday, you can still make the Saturday. There was obviously a lot of discourse back with King's Fall when they suddenly did the raid on a Friday, and a lot of people were like, I can't make Friday, I can only do Saturday, so those people will get to play the contest mode too now. Uh, and I also kind of understand the people that say, oh, well, but day one is like a prestigious achievement and this devalues it. Which, I understand it, but also, you beat the raid on contest mode, and to me, whether you beat it in 24 hours or in like 36 hours, that doesn't make a difference to me, because it's still equally hard. Um, And if you are like perseverant enough that you can go for those 48 hours straight and end up getting it at the end. I think you deserve that emblem just as much as everyone else does because you you got through it, you pulled through, you beat it, you did it. Um, so that emblem is as much yours as it is everyone else. So I'm very much on the side of I think this is a good thing. But what I would like to see Bungie do is after the first 24 hours, enable normal mode as well. Uh, because yeah, there's a lot there of people that are a bit upset that they now have to wait until Sunday to try out the raid on normal mode. They don't care about contest, which is extremely valid, uh, and they just want to go into the raid on normal mode. So having to wait that additional 24 hours, that I can very much understand why that sucks. At the end of the day, I just want Bungie to make contest mode a permanent thing. Yes. Uh, because I prefer contest over master raids any day of the week. Yes. Uh, yeah. But, you know, uh, with the changes coming to Champions and to Match Game with Lightfall, Master Raids will probably be a lot less insufferable. Um, so it'll be okay, but I think this is a pretty nice like middle ground that they struck. They can still do a few things to improve it, but I'm, I'm a supporter overall of, of what they do. I, I definitely agree with you. I, I think I'm very much okay with it being 48 hours because so far the team that i'm going in with day one um i mean none of us are like end game like kings right it's so far it's myself um gator and mr monkey and then three random people that we haven't locked down yet but um i took the day off too so i'm like well this this group will run as long as everyone can and then we'll just start subbing in people until i can't stare at a screen anymore but the nice (laughs) thing about like the nice thing about it is you know the i've done two two day one raids now like i definitely think i can hang for you know eight to twelve hours before i need to like step away so it gives me the opportunity to do it and then to come back saturday 
and and find you know either the same team or parts of the same team um and, and keep making progress because like that's what we did with king's fall like people start dropping at like five or six hours but the nice thing is like sometimes that change in personnel like allows you to change up who is where and it gives you a different dynamic and allows you to move on to the next section of it whatever it might be so um yeah you know i think it's just nice from like a health perspective as well a lot of people don't really care about like their place on the leaderboards if you do care about your place on the leaderboards and you're doing it all in one sitting more power to you that's fantastic good luck uh but now at least like if you've been there for 12 hours straight uh you can actually like go to bed get eight hours sleep without worrying too much come back the next day and and give it another shot with a with an awake brain (laughs) yeah yeah, right, this or, change doesn't or, make any difference for the people who are in contention for worlds first, right? Exactly. You're going to get there exactly. no matter what. Uh, it's not a big deal. This is a change <laughs> for, you know, the teams that want to try hard stuff but maybe aren't world class endgame players. Now they they don't have to decide whether they want to kill themselves to try for it, and then still likely end up failing. And then not only are you tired, but you're depressed because you didn't get your goal done, or you can. Mm-hmm get a good night of sleep and come back with a fresh mind and still not have that, that fear of missing out on it. Yeah. I, I really hope. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I was just going to say, I really hope that they take a similar approach that they've done too in the last couple um, raids where they are getting rid of the, I have to grind my mind out for two weeks to get into the raid. Mm-hmm. Like I really yeah. hope that we can just focus on, on builds and weapons and not really focus on light level. Yeah, especially now, because, like, not only are we going to have a new subclass to play with, new aspects, new fragments, fragments for the light subclasses, too, uh, yeah. but we have the entire, like, Buildcraft 2.0 uh, or Armor 3.0, whatever you want to call it, uh, system uh, with completely rework of the mod economy, uh, rework of the artifact. Like, there's nope. going to be so much to play around with in those first 10 days leading up to the raid. And the nice thing is, with the Legendary campaign, assuming that the like soft cap of Lightfall is 1800, because they have shown some promotional material with 1800 power, uh, like the, the campaign for Lightfall will instantly take you to 1820 if you do it on Legendary, which means that, from a light-level perspective, you are practically raid-ready, uh, which would be really really nice yeah i really enjoyed that with witch queen yeah i definitely i definitely need to figure out which character i want to bring through the uh legendary campaign first um but yeah i think that that is going to be the route to go it's it's exciting though there's so much cool so much cool stuff dropping with that so yeah the new build craft changes have me so incredibly excited yeah because the just the amount of things that I can already think of in my head that are possible with that that are not possible currently. Um, like, I know what I'll be doing for those 10 days after I finish the campaign, and that's just going into dungeons with a bunch of different builds, changing things constantly until I have, like, my 10 loadout slots in the game filled with things that I'm happy with. Uh, and yep. then, 
on the actual day one raid, we get to an encounter, and I scratch all of it because the boss is something that I never <laughs> thought would be possible in this game, and you have to completely rethink your whole loadout. That's usually how it goes. One hundred percent. Maybe maybe they'll bless us with an extra like one or two hundred slots in the uh, vault as well, or somehow <laughs> fix that. Not I need happening. it. I, I at need least. It. The nice thing now, <laughs> the nice thing now with armor energy like types going away, like there won't be solar armor or void armor, all of that. Yeah, and yeah. It'll all just be the same. Like if you're like me, I I can discard a four like three fourths of my armor in my vault now because uh, I have I have four class items masterworked on every character. I'm not gonna need that anymore because yeah. there's only one element now. Um... So I'm only going to need one of them because why would you have uh, multiple at that point? Well, I think what the I think though they did say that that you can build into like so running all solar armor to give you that debuff, right? Like because they were saying like if you want to synergize, I, I swear I read it in one of the twabs or something. If you're a solar like Titan, for instance, and you want to run all solar armor, now you can and not worry about not being able to get those mods because i think if you run all like the same class don't you get like a debuff on that that damage type um the way that things work now is a lot of mods are built in such a way that they only work if either your armor type or your weapon type matches the type of your subclass yeah uh, no so, i get that but, but i thought that like if you had all solar armor you got a small debuff from solar damage incoming or did they uh, no. no as far as oh, i'm aware it used to be that way <laughs> as far as i'm aware maybe it used to be that way i genuinely don't know um but uh for example on your chest piece like right now if you want to run solar resist or arc resist you need to have a solar or arc piece and in the future uh, you'll just be able to say, oh, okay, there's a lot of arc damage in this encounter, so I'll slap on arc resist, and you don't need to worry yeah. about the energy type of your chest piece anymore. Which, that alone, like, is a... If that was the only feature that they implemented to the new buildcraft system, I would already be happy. Because yeah. that no, opens up so many different uh, ways of building already. Well, it's it's nice too because like and, and you know they are redoing like wells and orbs and all that, but you know if you have like a certain exotic that maybe doesn't have a stellar role, you can't necessarily like I build into wells a lot uh, when I run PVE stuff and like for instance if I'm gonna try out a new build like if Plunder the Booty or someone comes out with a video or or Native Raider comes out with the Titan video, and I want to try it out like I'm like oh cool I never use this exotic piece so i'm gonna put it on i'm gonna make a build around it with armor picker um but i don't have a slot for bountiful wells because yep. to get you know to get these stats i unfortunately have to run arc here and i have to run stasis yep. here and i don't have all the solar slots i need so it is it is really nice that they are changing that because that will be it'll just be great to like yeah absolutely build anything I've built my vault up to 150 items in it. Uh, after the changes go live and I can decide what pieces of armor I can throw away, we'll be back down under 100 in the basically a week into it after we know what's going on, and that'll that'll be good. I'm a little anxious with you know 449 slots open. I might run out. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I'm I'm sitting in like 
I just did armor cleaning in between trials matches this weekend, and I think I have 10 slots open. <laughs> I usually sit around like between three and 400. So like I'm, I'm, I'm usually pretty safe. Right okay. now I'm sitting like near 500 because I've been farming Master Dungeons for the past two weeks. And basically all of the armor that has dropped out of that, I've not dismantled any of it. I've just put it in the vault. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And then whenever Lightfall comes out and I start making my builds, like you said, I can use D2 Armor Picker, find the perfect stats, and then get rid of everything else. So I should hopefully be under 400 again uh, before the Lightfall raid. But I, I like hoarding things right before the raid because... Uh, you never know if if one very specific thing just happens to be the strategy. Uh, I remember for uh, for day one war priest in in King's Fall a few months ago, we ended up busting out the lament uh, to kill him because we found linears were just not consistent for us on the first day. Mm. Uh, we use linears now uh, whenever yeah, we do a King's yeah. Fall, but back then we were just like it just wasn't working for us, so we tried out lament and it worked perfectly. Um, so it's just things like that. You never know what you're going to be using, even if it's a reprised raid and you already know all the encounters. Suddenly, just something comes up and it clicks. So I, I like hoarding things right before a raid, just in case, you know. Yeah, yeah. That DPS check on War Priest and Contest mode was was legit. Mm-hmm. That was a piece of advice I just gave to somebody in the uh, Guardian Down channel talking about they were like had never joined an lfg group before and they were like nervous about it and i'm just like you know really you just got to show up time show up on time if they're telling you uh you know they're willing to teach just show up on time but if you want to do something nice bring a couple of fusion materials along too so that when they ask you if you have gun yep. x uh and you do have it you can bring it up to light i feel the same way when i go into raids it's like i want to have a few pieces that i can bring up to close to max light level so that if all of a sudden it turns out that Izanagi is in fact the way to go, this Izanagi that I haven't touched since Lord knows when, and it's 1350, I can bring up to, you know, light level and be able to use it without having to freak out and burn something good. I yeah. always try and keep a couple, like, right, right, you know, right now being at, at max light, like I always try and keep a couple max light items in my vault for infusing just for that reason, and then one or two on my character as well, just so when I do try something new, I can. Like, yeah, never, I always have I'd... a lot of infusion fodder in my vault right before a raid, and yeah. usually it's just blues, but rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> it'll be, it'll have to be legendaries now. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet I definitely have the, uh, the master, or the um, upgrade modules as well. I'm stacking those in my, in my postmaster as much as possible. Yeah, Let's put that put that uh art put that ghost mod on for crucible wins and yep, just slowly rack them up. And you also are going to get a lot of upgrade modules from doing the lightfall campaign on legendary because that drops yeah. a bunch of upgrade modules as well, which will all just go straight to your postmaster. So yep. and the season if you, pass if, too. That too. So if you play it I right, knew. like you can go into the raid with like seventy upgrade modules, yeah. uh, ready to go. I haven't even cleared my season pass of all the upgrade modules they're giving you yet. I need yeah. to, I need to log into my warlock for the first time in two seasons and bring yeah. that up to light, and then I can uh, get the last of those upgrade modules off of this season pass before the season's done. Yeah, I feel I feel like they've done, especially this season, they've done a really good job um, because, like last season, plunder, I definitely I definitely got low 
on upgrade modules. And so I really tried to, at the end of the season, like make sure I was stacked. And this season, I haven't even had to dip into what I had in my Postmaster. Like I've always been in the teens or, you know, 20s, it seems like. So whether it's vendors or the season pass or, you know, whatever, they've they've done a good job of making them plentiful. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know. It's exciting. I'm I'm ready for some new content. I'm ready for, you know, I think a lot of people are coming back to um, that took breaks, you know, that went off to Call of Duty or some other games, you know, that got burnt out in Plunder. Um, I'm here. So it'll be cool to see that that side of the community come back for Lightfall as well. Speaking of new content, actually a question for you two. Uh, Which strand subclass are you most excited for? I I guess I'll go I'll go first. So I I really tend to focus on whatever subclass is strongest in PvP for the season, um, mm-hmm. and I do that because it allows me to play every subclass. So like I I rotate from hunter to warlock to titan, and um, you know I'll even rotate you know a couple times in the season if if things just are feeling stale. Um, I've been asking myself that a lot with the trailers coming out, you know, the past couple weeks. But I think I think since I've played so much Titan um, recently, I think I'm going to go Hunter because I like the idea of having the double grapple. Um, yeah. And I think just playing in the air more is going to be my initial approach. And uh, we'll just kind of go from there to see see what what actually plays out in the meta, you know. Oh, yeah. Probably in the same boat, just because, uh, you know, Hunter was... I always seem to run the Hunter through the campaign for the new expansions first. So, like, because that Hunter was my initial character that I created when D1 came out, even if I'm playing a Titan for, like, all of the seasonal content for the last three seasons, uh, the, the first time through the campaign will be the Hunter, so I assume it'll be the Hunter that I play strand with first and get most familiar with and then we'll see what happens from there how about you it's it's difficult for me because i have always like ever since i started playing this game however many years ago i've always been a titan main uh i'm i'm on the fence about titan strand from what i've seen like it from from what i've been reading it sounds good like it, it definitely looks like it'll have a decent place in the end game, uh, which is obviously very important. But when it when I look at like how much fun it is, or how much in, or how interesting it looks, it's 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 green stasis. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's um, hope not because that that uh, that Titan stasis super is pretty lackluster. It's extremely lackluster, but the like what I've seen from the super and the way that I've like the way that I've broken it down is just you have a super, you cast it, you have a light attack, which is just a dash forward and a punch, and you have a heavy attack, you slam down into the floor, and it traps all the enemies in front of you, or what what what's it called? Suspends all the enemies in yeah, front of you. Yep, yeah, and yep. then if I just compare that to Stasis Titan, 
Yeah. Left click 100%. is is a dash forward and a punch. Right click, you slam into the ground, all things in front of you freeze. Like, I'm seeing a lot of similarities there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, then again, the the Titan subclass on sta or on Strand also has the thing that uh, whenever you land light attacks, your attack speed goes up so you can attack faster and dash faster. Uh, and whenever you hit someone with one of those charged melees or with a light attack, it uh, severs them, which means they'll deal less damage. So something like Strand Titan could be very good in the day one raid, because if there is a boss that is, like, laying fire into you constantly, and you need to find a way to, like, reduce that damage, Strand Titan can do that. Uh, so that's why I'm saying, like, it looks like it has a good place in the endgame, because you can get that woven mail, that damage resistance, which means that you can get up close and personal without worrying too much, and then while you have woven mail, your melee recharge goes up, and you can use that melee to make sure enemies deal even less damage. So, like, from a gameplay perspective, it sounds like it'll be a pretty strong subclass, but I just... I hope they have some more, like, interesting things in there that Titans haven't ever done before. Because, like... At the end of the day, it's still just, it's still punching, it's still, like, getting up close and personal, it's still damage resistance. We've seen that before, right? Yeah. Um, and I would have been cool with it if instead of, like, growing big claws like, it, like the Titan does now, if it was just, like, two massive swords that you just hold and slash around with, just to at least get some visual variety. Because... Sure. You think about it. You can form anything with these strands and these threads. You can weave whatever you want and those claws. You 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 could make anything, and that's what you came up with. I mean, even a giant fist would be more Titan, right? Exactly, right. Big old Hulk fist. But yeah, so I'm uh, I'm a little on the fence about Titan, but like, I'm definitely considering like taking it into the day one if it is as good as I think that it may be. Uh, and I'm hoping that, like, especially the um, with the extra fragments and aspects that are releasing in later seasons uh, this year, there will be some more interesting things in there as well. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it impacts the boss, though, because if you think about bosses with stasis and freeze, like, freeze doesn't really do anything to bosses anymore. Yeah, like, you the know way what I that... mean, like like it would like a champion or something. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see how that impacts a bo an actual boss tier enemy. I'm assuming that suspensions won't work on bosses, just like freeze doesn't. Uh, oh, good call. Good call. Uh, but like the severing, like m reducing their damage output, seems like the exact thing that you would use on a boss target or on a champion, right? So okay, I'm yeah. I'm hoping that maybe it'll like be a smaller effect than it would be on a smaller enemy. Like maybe a boss won't be affected by it as much, or maybe it doesn't last as long. But I am thinking like this is really the first ever time that in Destiny we've had something that instead of giving us extra resistance, that it debuffs the damage output of an enemy. We have overload, which technically does that, but I've not ever seen anyone use Overload to reduce combatant damage output ever. Um, so I'm I'm interesting I'm interested to see it what that'll do. And the sever also seems to be working in PvP. 
So if you can sever someone in PvP, get up close and personal with that fist, and then reduce their damage outputs so like their shotgun doesn't kill you anymore. Yeah. Like that that could be really, really strong if you do it properly. Absolutely. Uh, if if it works that way even, but obviously that's gonna have to be a lot of testing in that in that ten day period going uh, into the raid. They they did mention I don't know if it was this TWAB or the or one of the articles that dropped within the past week that they didn't want to stasis the crucible or like <laughs> the crucible like stasis did right off the bat. So it's interesting that they that they made that note um, and put that in there because I was like, all right, you know they're they're calling out like what people really hated or what made a lot of people leave. Um, I mean I I just kind of go with the flow, man. Like that stuff doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. So my bigger there'll always uh, be a meta, <laughs> right? Yeah, my, I would say my bigger thing is the the two competing uh, storylines for Bungie stuff. Whenever they uh, release a new subclass like Stasis or one, even in Destiny One, when we had the uh, the third classes come in and stuff like that, when the new mm-hmm. one gets created, it always comes in pretty hot. That needs to get yeah. like brought back a little bit. But at the same time, for the you know all the 3.0 things, uh, everyone like, well, this wasn't as good as X until they release the next set of fragments after the raid gets done, and then all of a sudden everyone can build out their builds fully. And then, because I remember when we had folks on, they're like, "Oh, Arc 3.0 is garbage. I don't see myself running that even over Solar, and I'd rather run Void 3.0 over Arc." And then, like by the right. end of the season, everyone's running lightning nades everywhere, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm intrigued to see, is it going to come in too hot? Is it going to be okay until they release the, the new fragments after the raid gets done, if they do that? Uh, like, where is it going to sit, and how much tinkering are they going to need to do once they get strand out in front of a full, you know, game population and not just the testing folk? I want it to come out hot. <laughs> I... But- think that it will but not because it's necessarily overtuned but when something new comes out people have no idea how to play against it yeah uh, yeah also and true. like s- people had no idea how to play against stasis because the meta right before then was shotgun rushing and stasis obviously puts an immediate stop to that um so what i kind of hope that they do with strand and one of the i think it was I don't know if it was Chris Proctor or someone else, but someone did an interview uh, talking about like abilities in the Crucible, and they said that mistakes that they had made a while ago was that they responded too quickly to player feedback, because mm, yes. yep. players immediately start complaining about something as soon as it's out, that it's way too strong and that it needs to be nerfed, when what they should have done is let it settle for a season... Because uh, the meta never defines itself on the first day. It always takes like a few weeks to yeah. settle uh, for people to like figure out what's good and what isn't and what works and what doesn't. So I kind of hope that like when Strand releases, they kind of leave it untouched unless there are like immediate problems and they adjust it again a season or two later because those stasis nerfs are one of the biggest reasons why, in my opinion, Stasis Titan is the worst subclass in the game right now. Uh, because I, I it was, was hit so heavily back then. I think that was the uh, Senate Nomad interview yes. that he yes. called that out at. Yeah, yeah, and I, I appreciate that. I think that that's the right approach because, like, you know, per our, per our reference earlier, 
in the show, like Twitter, they're always going to, people are always going to complain on Twitter about something, (laughs) right? Like there's always going to be your subset of really loud, small population of people who are upset about something. And then there's like the rest of us who are adults that are just going to play the game and enjoy it. And like, understand that you can give like constructive criticism and and make suggestions like in a positive manner but there's always going to be people that are just like oh a slide shotgun killed me again and it's like hey you know that's that's a popular weapon choice like you have two choices here you can accept that that's what you're going to see when you go to play or you can get upset about it every time it kills you and have a bad time like what mindset are you taking in are you taking in the this is the reality. How am I going to play against it? How am I going to be smart with it? Or are you going to take the, I'm just going to complain about this every time I get killed and make no progress, you know? So exactly like, yeah, listen, I have never been killed legitimately in the crucible. Every time it's either an overpowered weapon or cheating or leg or <laughs> right. Like, like like if something if you feel like something is overpowered, then maybe you need to rethink your approach to how you're countering it. It's not yeah. you're not going to change that whatever it is like. So so rethink your approach. What are you doing to make yourself a sitting duck for whatever the meta is, you know, change yeah. that. Adapt. My my thoughts is always like, if something is genuinely overpowered, like, trust me, Bungie knows about it, and if they don't know yeah. about it, then the ten thousand folks on Twitter will make them know about it, um, and it will eventually. Sometimes it takes a while, but eventually it will get adjusted. So for now, try to find ways to play around it, or maybe try to find a completely different thing that no one is really using, and try to see if you can make that work. Yeah. Um. And then who knows, suddenly that one thing that everyone's using gets nerfed and you've already developed this completely different playstyle and you're popping heads all across the Crucible uh, as soon as that nerf goes live. So just, there's always going to be some bullshit in the Crucible. Yeah. There's always going to be things that you're like, that shouldn't be allowed to happen. But at the end of the day, it can happen and you yep. can complain about it or you can learn and try to see if you can find ways to play around it sometimes there isn't and sometimes there is and yeah that's just what you what you have to deal with in a game like destiny that decided to have a pvp and pve mode in the same game (laughs) (laughs) right well and i think i think it's fun you know to have things that are broken even in pve like I absolutely loved going into GMs with a with an Arc Titan with storm nades that were my little yes. buddies that would just go around and destroy everything. Like I'm okay with that. I'm okay with with like I'm in trouble, chuck a nade and dash out of there, you know, and or you know, thunderclap an enemy or you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Like like playing into that power fantasy is fun, especially in endgame content. So I don't know. It's uh, I I I welcome broken strand. <laughs> yeah. Give me a little yeah. bit of broken. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm very happy that at least Bungie seems to be focusing on like more crowd control related subclasses now. Mm-hmm. Um, because as as much as Stasis was definitely nerfed quite a bit, and it doesn't really have a like 
a consistent and solid place in the endgame anymore. Like, when Stasis first came out, taking that into GMs, like having Warlocks with their Stasis turrets, or like the, the Hunter Super, like that was... It completely changed the way that we played uh, like Master and Grandmaster content. And yep. Strand seems to be another one of those things that it might not be the best in in your casual strike content, but it doesn't really need to be because if you're if you're just playing casual content, like you'll have that grapple hook, you can absolutely zoom through everything, um, and you can still have fun, right? Yeah, your build doesn't matter. This is this might be a hot take, but your build does not matter in ninety five percent of the game. Ninety five percent of the game, you can slap on anything and you can make it work. It's only yep. the moment that you get into those raids, especially like day one or master raids. The same with day one or master or solo flawless dungeons, um, or GM nightfalls. Like that's where every single mod that you put into that build is going to matter. Yep. Uh, so having something like Strand, which is a subclass that almost seems like it's designed to be used in that master content, having, you know, intrinsic stuff like woven mail, which gives you damage resistance and an, a way to suspend enemies, a way to reduce their damage and a lot of like quick movement or yeah. for example, with the warlock that you have those little rat buddies or whatever they're called that are just doing things for you while you focus on another enemy. Like it, it seems like it'll definitely be an end game subclass. And I personally really appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I Stasis totally is getting a little bit of love, too, based on that. Is, you know, if only because of the abilities it has for stopping champions intrinsically mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I think, I feel like I'm going to want to have at least one of each subclass on each of my characters, right? So I've never really felt that before. Like, I don't ever feel like I have to have one of everything. But... It feels like now, with the way they're opening the game up, it's you can build into something that's fun for you know ninety percent of it, and then you got to have you know your utility classes for when you're playing with folks who are damage monsters, or your damage monsters when you're playing with folks that are not as good, and you need to be able to like be able to make up for the DPS and stuff like that. So I feel like it gives you a lot of options, especially for a player like me who's. Definitely not top tier, but definitely not bottom tier either. And like, I'm a pretty good utility player, and they're giving me the ability to spec into stuff that'll help in the situation where I need it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The the new champion changes that are coming in, like it 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 still doesn't exactly solve my complaint that I have with champions because like my initial response was just I just want them out of the game and I want them replaced with. Uh, some more like mechanically interested enemies or interesting yes. enemies but mm -hmm. the changes that they are making uh, first getting rid of match game and then giving every subclass two intrinsic champion mods uh are not just every subclass but also like weapons that use those subclass verbs stuff like uh incandescent can cause scorched and then ignitions or chill clip being able to slow and freeze um, like a bunch of things like that, that suddenly essentially make, make sure that you do not need to glue Arbalest in your kinetic slot every time that you go into a GM anymore. Because as much as Arbalest is a great weapon, I want to go back to the time where you could load into a Master or a Grandmaster Nightfall, 
and not be forced into a very specific and narrow build with almost no room for changing things if you want to have a fun and smooth experience. Right now, yep. there's going to be so many more different ways to tackle that. Uh, yep. And hopefully it'll make stasis a lot more viable, like you said, because having that intrinsic overload and unstop, which both are usually like the more difficult champions to deal with, that's going to be incredibly nice. Yeah, well, yeah I, and then I, I, I listen really... to the sound of an arbalist firing. I could go without that yes. again yes. in my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, and just having your arms freed up too for mods, like not having to slot those mods in your arms that anymore too. is nice. I I really am happy that they're doing that because like for plunder, I basically any PVE end game stuff I was running the monarch like yep. it was in like ninety percent of my builds and and it just gets to the point where like I don't want to run the gun like I just it's still strong you know and and it's it's a beneficial weapon but it's like I just want to run anything but that because I had to run it for an entire season. You know? Yeah. So no, I agree. I totally agree yeah, with that. I'm always excited when things change up a little bit and new weapons go into the limelight. Like I'm very happy about the linear fusion rifle nerf. Very happy about it. Yeah. Because yeah, as much as linears are, yeah, as much as linear change, uh, as much as linears are great weapons, um, being able to actually use something else for once is going to be nice. And I don't think the nerf will kill them. Because 15%, it's a decent amount, but they are still, like, the king of sustained damage with having perks like triple tap and fourth times of the charm near endless ammo reserves with that. So they'll still probably be good, but when you consider things like day one or master raids, like, you're probably going to need to change to what what we're definitely going to try is is Nagi plus uh, auto-loading rockets or a Wendigo. That we yep. that we'll be able to farm in about a week and a half, uh, yeah, because grenade are launchers are getting that buff. They're yeah. getting that twenty percent damage buff to bosses, and Izanagi's is getting a buff too, because all kinetic weapons their multiplier is being increased from one point oh five to one point fifteen, and that includes weapons like Wither Horde, Izanagi's, Lest, uh, and all that. So they're they're all getting a buff as well. So I'm I'm hoping that we can go back to the era where you use multiple weapons for boss damage instead of yeah. just switching to your heavy and holding left click until the damage phase is over. Because I, I love damage phases that are a lot more involved and you use your entire arsenal, like you use your super, you use your special weapon, your heavy weapon, your abilities. Um, it's why I loved the days when Anarchy was still very good, because it was always Anarchy and something else. It was never just Anarchy. <laughs> Um, who knows? Two, Maybe that's two, making uh, a return. Slug shotguns. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I loved yeah. Anarchy 2 slug, shot, slug shotguns. I was sick of it eventually. But yeah, but it was fun when you were doing it. Especially Exactly. Especially when you failed and uh, the damage screen came up and you could see like <laughs> who was hitting their headshots with their slug shotguns, who was in the well, who wasn't, that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the difference in the damage that could be done. Absolutely. I really failed yeah. on, on getting my deep sight. Uh, deep sight weapons from deep stone this season because I was all in like when the season dropped to like get a finally get a heritage with like enhanced reconstruction in it, you know, yes. just because like those moments where you're like empty out my 12 shells 
and then swap to my next weapon. And by the time that weapon's empty, I still have more shotgun shots, you know, or mm-hmm. vice versa with the sniper. Yeah. Um, and Heritage and Succession also benefiting from that kinetic damage buff as well. Yeah. So yep. something like, who knows, with, with grenade launchers getting that 20% buff again, Anarchy Succession, Anarchy Heritage, it might come back. Who knows? Yeah, yeah I definitely, I, I, I think it's too late this season. I'm not going to grind out Deep Stone uh, for those, but I, uh, I definitely, definitely will probably be something I head back to once after, you know, we've had our time with Strand and you, you know, yeah. a month and a half has gone by or something because like, some of those some of those perks are just so great. But again, we don't know what we're getting. We don't know what the new the new stuff is yet, so Exactly. Who knows? Maybe there'll be a fantastic sniper or a slug shotgun among the among the new weapons. Yeah, and it it seems like they've been allowing um a power creep on all of those archetypes, you know. Like mm-hmm. like Ostringer was, you know, for instance, like top tier hand cannon, and then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, but we also have Rose now, and the Trials hand cannon is slightly better than Cantata. And, you know, it, it, they they just seem to keep bringing weapons that are just slightly better perk-wise or just have a slightly better perk pool. So um, there's still that, that want to grind um, and that need to collect, which, I don't know, it makes it, makes it fun, right? Yeah. I, I do worry... Okay. I worry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, don't uh, worry about it. <laughs> I do worry about that power creep a little bit because you know they're constantly making stuff that's more interesting. Obviously, last year we had crafted weapons that suddenly had enhanced perks and origin traits, uh, which were automatically just better than weapons yeah. that didn't have those. And I'm, I am a little bit worried that we're going back to the the power creep era where. The only things that Bungie can use to realistically kill us is by one-shotting us or by throwing us off the map. Uh, <laughs> so I, I do wonder like, what they're going to try to do to keep things in check, but also keep weapons interesting and like keep keeping that desire to collect the new things. Because that's, yeah. that's a difficult line to walk uh, as, as a developer on those weapons. Yeah, especially when they're not going to sunset anything else, and and there's already a pretty large pool of weapons that you can craft. Yeah, I guess that's my that was my point on this was if they keep power creeping stuff, then why do you have a hand cannon from four seasons ago in your vault that uh, is never going to be as good as whatever's coming out next? Uh, delete that <laughs> shit. Who cares if they change the perks so that you have the perfect perks on a gun that? as a base model, even with perfect perks, isn't as good as uh, something you can get tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, there is an argument to be made with that. I will say, though, um, God, I had a I had a scout rifle or not a scout, a pulse rifle that was sunset that I held on to that had head seeker on it. And it's basically like a like a poor man's messenger, because, of course, I didn't keep any of my messengers with head seeker because, you know, it was trash at that time. Um, and I whipped that out, and it has the hockey. It's a hockey gun, so it, it does damage, extra damage to barriers as well in PvP. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, here's this gun that I, that I fucking kept in my vault that I never use, and now it's good. I can't use it in trials, but in everything else, it's like if I want a pulse rifle that shreds, like, there it is. Yeah. At oh. least, 
you know, we're going to get a whole new set of perks with Lightfall. Obviously, we're going to get Strand Weapons, which who knows what those are going to do. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Strand Weapons will also have a perk like Incandescent or or Volt Shot or Headstone that, that those weapons can use. They also said they're bringing one of those perks to Kinetic Weapons as well. Uh, that kinetic weapons are going to get their special kinetic perk, whatever that may do, uh, and that they were looking into adding like a volatile rounds perk to void weapons as well. So yeah, who knows? There's probably going to be a lot of interesting stuff in Lightfall and the season that we know nothing about yet, because right. there is going to be a season which has a whole pool of weapons as well, probably like five or six of them um, that they haven't shown us yet. So yeah, there's yeah, going to be a lot true. to grind for. I still remember the first gun I got uh, was the seasonal one uh, from when Witch Queen came out. It was a peace of mind, and I used it, and I'm like, oh my god, this gun's amazing. And then it turned out it was, in fact, amazing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it just stayed with me the entire year. Mm-hmm. That gun that gun took, like, a good two seasons for me to really appreciate it. Like, I got it, and I got a crafted one. I'm like, nope, it's just not for me, Bob. And then... Uh, and then slowly I'm like, okay, I'm just going to main this. <laughs> but I was very <laughs> late in the game on that one. I remember grinding out those uh, those Risen weapons immediately as soon as they came out. Because I saw that origin trait and I was like, oh, damage resist when you kill enemies? Yeah. I'm going to need that for the day one. And then Vow ended up being a raid where like damage resist was really not that necessary. Because it was a, a much more mechanic-focused raid than it was combat-focused. Yeah. Um, and obviously I was playing Void Titan throughout that entire time, which had a lot of overshields and all that, so survivability wasn't really a problem uh, back in the day. But it, yeah, it's always interesting when you have that entire new set of weapons and you just think, oh my god, there's so many different places where I can use this, what do I go for first? And you completely <laughs> yeah. forget about the 400 items in your vault that are begging yeah. to be used and have like... 20 layers of dust on them because you've not pulled them out in two years. I really, I really do need to go through and, and uh, clean out like a good 50, 60 slots because there's also that whole, like you have new weapons and you don't know what's good yet. So you don't necessarily want to just throw things away while you're figuring out what you like. So yeah, I did. I did a bad job with that this season. I think I went into the season (laughs) with like five slots in my, in my vault. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> give me your account for no. one hour and no. i will make sure no. that you have a nice clean spiffy vault to be able to put new weapons into when it comes out see but i also have things like like when i was testing uh fusions with lego the other day and he had that a rental that was hitting at like 40 some meters and he's like oh well you have to have this exact role and i go to my vault and i still have like four rentals in my vault and I'm like, I have that exact role. I can map people from tree all the way to doorway. I'm I'm Bannerfall. Like <laughs> I have a sniper rifle <laughs> fusion. <laughs> yeah, and some some weapons I have like thousands of kills on, so they're just gonna stay even though they'll never get used. Yep. Never got rid of my uh, my recluse. Never got rid of my nope. uh, my my blast furnace from Black Armory. Uh, that's still there. My yeah, go okay. figure from Forsaken is still there. Uh, I have uh, 
like four separate cold front SMGs from the dawning. Two of them have been sunset, <laughs> two of them haven't. And they all have like a 10,000 kill counter on them because I, I just uh, used that for a full year. Uh, not, I'm not getting rid of any of those weapons that have like a few thousand kills on them, even if they're sunset, just because, you know, yeah. the, the nostalgia value of those and being able to go into your vault every once in a while and you see that and you just go, oh, right, that was from three years ago when, when that gun was good. <laughs> yep. yep, yep. I only have one, but it is, uh, <laughs> it's never getting <laughs> deleted. Uh, I was on, uh, yeah, it was the my, my, my. My mind benders. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I was on native the Blueberry Lounge uh this past week and they have a they have a little game they play where they do a wheel of misfortune and you spin and whatever weapon you uh get in the spot they spin to when you do random weapons, they're like, Would you be able to delete it type deal? And so ahead of time they <laughs> ask, What's the one special weapon? I'm like, Well, the Mindbenders is the one that I wouldn't delete. Everything else I'd delete for you. And then I ended up getting uh, ended up getting my first and last out slug shotgun that I used for Deepstone with Heritage. Yep. Uh, and I was like, wow, I have a whole story about this gun. I haven't used it in like three seasons. I think it's still like a 1550 light level. But I would feel a little bit bad if I had deleted this gun because it's been such a large part of our Deepstone runs. Yeah, yep. yeah the, the auto-loading Vorpal first and last out. My God, that that is a while ago that that was good. Yeah, I think I still have that in my vault too. (laughs) Yeah, I think I still have that in my vault. (laughs) Um. So okay, so I want to not to cut our destiny talk short. I want to make sure that we touch on two things real quick. Um, before we wrap up the show, you made you reminded me. Um, Nips. First of all, uh, our friends at Blueberry Lounge, they. Yeah, have their podcast up and going again. It's uh, Native Raider and Sweaty Spooks. They started a Discord. Um, you should definitely join their Discord. Check out the podcast. Rob was on it this week. Um, I'm probably going to listen to it when I go for my run this afternoon. Uh, I'm excited because they're they're both good people. So I'm sure it will be a interesting show with you on it. And. Um, wow. They're both good people, so they have a 67% good person uh, rating on that show. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so definitely, you know, check them out. Check out their check out their Discord. They're they're both very active with, like, YouTube and streaming and everything else. So, um, you know, I wanted to give a shout-out to those guys. I'm excited to see where they, they grow their stuff um, and, and where, you know, that community goes because they are good people. Um, <clears throat> and then, as well... Uh, I wanted to mention that we had our fitness contest kick off a new fitness contest um, that we have going once again. Uh, it started this past week. We are going until the beginning of April. It is, as always, absolutely free. So jump in. Uh, we're, we're tracking weight loss this time and then just like activity, um, you know, trying to like spark up more people being active as well on like what they're doing with like, you know, nutrition and just being active and whatever that might mean. And, uh, I mean, dude, so far this week, it's been great. Like people have really been posting a lot, Rob. I I like where this is headed. Everybody had the come to Jesus moment when we said, Hey, you got to put up your, uh, your scale shots for this one. And everyone stepped on the scale and was like, God, I hate where I'm at right now. Yeah. Which is, it's fine. It's 
it's a starting spot. We all got to start somewhere and yep. it'll all yeah, make it I, worthwhile in two months when we step on the scale. But yeah, I think everybody was like, Oh God, I feel so bad putting this up. Yeah, no. And, and I mean, that is part of it. And, and I think that that's, it's also eye opening. And for anyone that's maybe on the fence about joining or not, like every single one of us would like to be in a different spot than where we are right now. So by all means, like hit us up, join up. It should be fun. And I am throwing in a custom pint glass for the winner of not like not winner by most weight loss, but but basically everyone who's who's in the contest gets an entry. And then, you know, there's rules that you can read in the discord. But by being active and by consistently losing weight, you can get some bonus entries. Um, And I'm going to do a custom one off design potato thumbs pint glass for the the said winner of the contest. Um, but hopefully we all win because we'll all be in a better place, you know, eight weeks from now, um, weight wise and health wise. So, yeah, I wanted to make sure to mention that and and tell people to join up. I think what we got now, like 11 or 12 people in the contest this week. Yeah. Some folks that have never popped in before. Some folks that are mainstays. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Lots of lots of good chatter, too, because that's the nicest part about it is the community support. Yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing, too, is not that it's a competition against each other, but it's a competition with each other. So, like, being supportive, you know, giving motivation by what you're doing and then helping people when they have questions about, like, nutrition or diet or whatever they might be trying to dial in. Or pandemic less risk for talking board games. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I didn't know where you're going there for a second, but I, totally I, I realized that both of those words have their own. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. right? Outside of board games, <laughs> so I was like, "All right, let's make sure we, uh, we clarify." I'm talking about the board games. <laughs> um. Okay, so I would like to um, make sure we add some music to the playlist before we part ways today. Down for that. So, I actually came prepared with one this time. <laughs> all right. I like it. Um, God, you talked to Ben way earlier this week, didn't you? Thought about it uh, pretty early this week. Yeah. So, where is he? Okay. There we go. All right. So, what does Ben have for us this week? He has Me First by Real Friends. Got it. Okay. PK, since you are ready to go, um, Mm -hmm. what do you have for us this week? So, obviously, last time I brought something from Destiny, because I had to. I I come here to talk about Destiny music. I had to bring something from Destiny. But this time, I I thought I'll, I'll nip into a different video game that has meant a lot to me, and I really appreciate uh, the soundtrack of... It is uh, the track Resurrections uh, by Lena Rain that was made for Celeste. Uh, one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, has had a big impact on me as a person as well. Uh, and that soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal. So that's, that's the one that I'll add. All right. And you want the one, the nine minute one, right? Not the three minute one with Trevor Allen. No, nope, it's the nine minute oh. 38 one. Yes. Perfect. Yeah, I um, Celeste fans here as well. You are. Yeah, we have played I, it. I, I, I still have not completed it, but the last time I traveled, um, I definitely got 
I did, uh, when was that? That was beginning of December. So we we've chatted since then. I, um, but yeah, I think I you mentioned got, it actually in the last podcast. You mentioned that you played yeah. it like on your Switch in the plane or something like that. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say I got. I think I got a level and a half done on the way there, and then the way back, my my kid wanted their their Switch, and I was like, oh, okay, fine. You can have your own game toy. Um. All right. Uh, Senor Admiral Nips, what are you adding for us? Uh, well, we went to those two concerts last week. Um, so I figured I'd throw another one on by, uh, Fits in the Tantrums. Uh, it was Money Grabber. Uh, it is definitely Karina's favorite Fits in the Tantrums song. So when they hit that as the first song on the encore, she was like, even though we were exhausted after being at a concert, you know, two days in a row and at the end of the second show, she damn near jumped out of the uh out of the gym in excitement so i was like yeah i'm pretty happy too that was great i i like that song as well great pick um uh, i'm gonna go with uh won't trade by q-tip q-tip for those that don't know is from the legendary group tribe called quest Oh yeah. Cool. And that puts us at 85 songs, five hours and 10 minutes for the day four playlist. It's so, exciting. It's starting to get yeah. warm enough out that we can start taking long walks with the dog again. So having the playlist build out to a, a longer version means that I can uh, get through a couple of walks before I hear the same song twice. Right. It's it's nice when it starts getting long, too, because when we start doing like road trips, um, I can just hit play and I don't have it cycling through, you know, like you can just hit play and listen to listen to nonstop music the entire way. So that's always nice. Um, oh, yeah. Cool. Well, PK, before we uh, before we part ways today, I want you to tell us again, like tell us your Spotify upcoming projects, your YouTube, like where everyone can find you um, as well. It will be in the show notes, but I want to make sure that you're plugging everything that you need to plug. All right. So first of all, if you want to find me and you're unsure, type in PKMT1234 in the search bar of whatever social media. And there's a high chance that you'll find me. Uh, <laughs> I'll make sure to put a link tree. Uh, I'll send that to you so you can put it in the show notes, which nicely summarizes everything puts everything in one Perfect. place um in terms of upcoming projects we have a, a witch queen piano mashup coming out next wednesday it's called reflection of deception uh which will be out on youtube and spotify immediately um so stay tuned for that and we have uh obviously with the new lightfall soundtrack i'll have a remix out on the first day of lightfall uh and probably some more covers and remixes of the soundtrack in in the weeks after that uh and then together with a bunch of other musicians geomantic revelations upcoming uh collaboration remix album uh releasing in the future no date given uh and that's yeah that's mostly that's mostly it for me that's 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 about what i'm up to and what i'll be doing awesome. Well, when the 15th comes around and that stuff goes live too, um, you know, make sure to post it in Discord and I'll throw it in announcements uh, when I see it on that day. Um, 
so that people people are aware of it as well because I know that we we definitely have fans in the community since um since the last time you were on the show people you know have, have I, hopefully they've reached out to you as well um listeners you got you have to tag pk um you know with your your feedback cuz I definitely got positive feedback and people really loved it so um you know we'll make sure to put that out there so that they they see it when it is, has been released Absolutely. After that first taste for free today on the uh, show, I'm, I'm fully right? I right? can't wait. I'm, I'm <laughs> totally psyched for it. Yeah, I'm excited for the video uh, for sure. And then I think I think what we'll have to do too is, um, you know, after after the new season has dropped and we've had some time with the raid and and the content and the music, we'll have to have you on again in like March or April and and kind of talk about the new music and things that you like and things that you've picked up on and. And kind of do what absolutely we did, um, the first time, so I think that'd be a lot of fun. Definitely. Uh, oh yeah, that's I, I guess that's one thing that I that I didn't mention that that will be up to as per usual uh, when the new Lightfall soundtrack drops, which will be on the twenty seventh of this month. Uh, I'll be streaming on Twitch together with uh, Owen Bresci and Promethean, basically the 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 kings of the Destiny music archival community. Uh, and we'll be listening to the soundtrack for the first time live, trying to break it down, making predictions on where things will play, uh, and all that. That's always really, really fun to join in on. So if you uh, want to join us for that first listening experience of the soundtrack, uh, 27th of February at Reset, twitch.tv slash pkmt1234. Perfect. Yeah, throw that in streaming too, and I'll uh, I'll make sure to to throw that um, up if if people want to get that link so good stuff awesome i can't wait i my work computer blocks twitch so i guess we're gonna have to have work computer on uh one table pc up at the other so i can uh watch and listen <laughs> during my work day while you guys do there that. you go yeah i'll have to see if i can if i can manage to work from home that day so i can uh <laughs> i can stream it while yeah. I'm working. and hey, the destiny servers will be down for the full day anyway because they're going they're going down as the soundtrack releases if if it's like other years because it's down for a full 24 hours so yeah you ain't got anything better to do <laughs> yeah i like it i like it that's awesome awesome well All thank right. you well, a ton I'm going for joining to... yeah yeah seriously that it was it was great thanks for uh thanks for bringing the music along too um i think we'll do an outro uh with the same way that we came in with your uh your track released in january and yeah. um yeah, I hope both of you have a great rest of your day. I'm going to uh, do a quick edit and get outside and enjoy some sunshine. <laughs> Sounds like enjoy. a good plan. I'm going to play some more Destiny and then enjoy my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> really, really That's awesome. It was fantastic. Thank you. Yep. Well, thanks, everyone. And, uh, you know, we hope we hope that you enjoyed the show. <laughs>